0: everyone welcome to pink shade with Aaron Martin the podcast where we talk all about reality tv and we get a little bit culty today is all bravo all of the time i am here with brandon alvarado from the jenny mccarthy show he is such a housewives obsessor like we all are and we get into everything we get into the Real Housewives of Orange County trailer which just dropped because season 13 is premiering July 16th mark your calendars we also talk about Potomac of course New York I mean we can't go a week without talking about the Real Housewives of New York it is so epic season 10 is off the chain and we of course talk about Southern Charm because Southern Charm is probably the most intense, you know, on camera and off camera season we've ever seen. It's unbelievable. the The drama and the real, oh, evil things going on, you know, off camera are just absurd and they're baffling and they're troubling. We mostly talk about Ashley Jacobs and how much we hate her, though. So we stick to the more lighthearted side of Southern Charm. And we also wonder where the show is going after this. I mean, what is going to happen? We know that the reunion was filmed just last week and that Thomas wasn't allowed to go, but that Ashley Jacobs did show up. Of course, thirsty as she is, she needed a drink of water. So she funded her own trip there and basically didn't get paid. Um, But she sat on that couch and it sounds like from, you know, chatter going on behind the scenes that everyone turned on her. Of course they did. And she defended herself and also made excuses for her behavior. I just wonder, my big question is, here's what I'm wondering. Did she throw Thomas under the bus or did she continue to defend him in light of the allegations he's facing? Also, Brandon and I are both wondering how Bravo is going to address him not returning because there is no way he can return next season but are they going to stand up and say we are not allowing him back or are they going to allow him to write his own exit I can't even envision a way in which he would come back to the show but I don't know maybe that's just me I think we're kind of all on that same page we're probably all hoping that we shall see I want to remind you before we get into the interview to follow me at Erin Leah Martin on Twitter and Instagram. I want to also tell you that I have some exciting news coming up. I'm working on a separate cults podcast and it's not finalized yet, but it will be coming to you sometime this summer. It doesn't mean I'm not going to cover culty things on Pink Shade because... Oh, you know I am, especially when it comes to TV series. I'm going to be covering on this podcast definitely the Elizabeth Vargas series on A&E, Cults, and Extreme Belief. I'm just getting through all of the episodes. I'm kind of thinking about who I want to bring on to talk about the different groups. But if you are not watching that series, go back and get it on demand Set your DVR to record the new ones. It's hit and miss. Some of them, I wish they would dive deeper into the cult itself rather than one particular story. But it's pretty compelling, and there are some really devastating stories. You know, it's tough. Some of them are tough to watch. But, of course, we're talking about megalomaniac cult leaders who abuse their powers. So... It's worth checking out if you're interested in cults. It is worth checking out A E's Elizabeth Vargas hosted series, Cults and Extreme Belief. Anyway, the separate pult 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 podcast, hmm. the separate cult podcast that I will be launching, is not named yet. I will be revealing that name in the upcoming weeks and I will be telling you what platforms it'll be on and I hope that those of you who are interested in doing a deeper dive into the world of cults will come with me over there and add this to your playlist too. It's not an instead of pink shade, it's an addition. I'm just finding that I want to cover so much. I mean, I branched out to true crime, I'm all about reality TV still, and I want to do so much more on cults but there's only so much material I can cover under one umbrella. So, I'm excited. I hope that if you are interested in this stuff, you're excited too. I plan on getting some fantastic guests, some insiders who, you know, would be willing to tell us things that we want to know and I want to know what you're interested in too because the listeners, you guys are so fabulous at telling me what you want to learn more about. Come over to the Pink Shade with Erin Martin Facebook group and start talking to all of us there. The group is growing. You guys are so fabulous. If you're not in there yet, come on in. You know, Facebook is kind of a weird place to talk about particular things, you know, on your regular page. But when you join these groups and the Pink Shade group, especially i feel you know you it's just a safe space where you can, where you can obsess about all of this crazy stuff and nobody is judging you you know we can we're all on the same page in there literally we're on the same facebook page so you send me a request you can get into the closed group and anything you post there doesn't show up in your live feed it's just for us just for us also i want you to know that i have a patreon page and i keep mentioning it because I am giving you some extras over there that if you're loving what you hear here, you will probably love as well. It's patreon.com slash pinkshade, and it's a way to support the podcast. You're helping me grow. You're helping me stay On the air and busy, and you know, finding new interviews and investing in new equipment. And I'm just trying to improve each month. It's been six months since I started this, and I can't thank you enough for those of you who have tuned in from the beginning and those of you who have just come on board recently. Thank you, too. Thanks for everyone for spreading the word and telling people about this little podcast that could. I love you all so much. If you subscribe to patreon.com/slash pink shade, you will get two to four extra bonus episodes every single month. I'm usually going for 3. So, that's kind of, you know, where we're at right now. And I'm talking about everything over there from personal stories to shows I'm not covering to deep dives on things like 90 Day Fiancé secrets that I don't have time to share on the regular podcast. I'm doing throwback recaps of episodes like Scary Island from Real Housewives of New York season 3. I'm giving you extra tidbits from interviews I've done with special guests that I don't air on the regular podcast, and I'm giving you inside scoops that I just need to share with an inner circle. Also, make sure to read my recaps on Reality Tea and tune into the Jenny McCarthy Show every single week. We're doing Real Housewives Roundup and 90 Day Fiance. Woot, woot. All right, let's go ahead and listen to what Brandon has to say. He is so much fun, and he is launching his own podcast this week. He's going to tell us all about that. I am already subscribed. It's going to be fab, so get it on your list. Here we go. today with Brandon Alvarado, who I met on the Jenny McCarthy show when he was interning there on Sirius XM channel 109 last year, and he is now doing his own thing. He's starting his own podcast. Tell us about that because you are dropping the first episode this Friday.
1: This Friday, I'm dropping the first episode. So my best friend and I have started this podcast called Domestic Partners. Um, she, Her name is Tyler. And so every week we want to focus on pop culture, you know, TV news, film news, whatever's going on in the news that we are interested in we always say it's like what the gay men and straight girls are interested in talking about but we also want to focus on um the gay guy, straight girl friendships we see in the media you know fictional and real life people and see if we can relate to them or if we can't and we kind of want to hone in on uh different pairings every week as well just to sort of ground it a little bit and so it's not just news but it's also something we can really kind of focus on and say oh like can we relate to these people or uh how have they influenced us as people and maybe even influenced our friendships
0: that's really cool. So there'll be a personal spin to it. You'll bring your own life into it.
1: Yeah, I think so. And it's going to focus a lot on our personal lives. We have a couple of fun surprises that we're going to explore uh, in the first episode. We'll share with some, maybe some segments, but we definitely want to focus on our personal lives and see how our friendship has affected our personal lives and how we sort of uh, deal with career, school, dating, everything like that.
0: And you guys have been friends for a long time, right? Uh, we've been friends
1: since Yeah, we've been friends since kindergarten.
0: Oh my gosh, that's amazing!
1: I had a fake crush on her. I a lot of guys had a crush on her when we were younger, and I was one of them. We like joined in and said like, "Oh, I have a crush on her too." Like that's just what's normal. I I like her a lot. So I have a crush on her.
0: That's right. The,
1: and she was one of the first friends I actually came out to when we were like thirteen years old. I think we were that young. Yeah.
0: That's amazing to have a lifetime friend like this. And then you get to do a podcast together. I I mean, what could be better? So it's Domestic Partners and it's going to be on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere Friday?
1: Yeah, everywhere so far. We've, yep, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast, it should be there. Podbean as well. So um, you can subscribe now, actually, just because we have a preview episode up. But the first episode, as you said, is dropping on Friday. And then it'll be released, a new episode will be released every week.
0: Okay. As soon as we get off of this interview, I'm going to go subscribe because I'm already subscribed in my mind, but I will actually do it. I can't wait for it. It's going to be so much fun. Okay. So in addition to starting your own podcast, you have been on this podcast before. And of course you've talked to Jenny many times about Housewives, Bravo in general, reality TV. So we're going to talk all Bravo today. I mean, we have the OC trailer that we need to discuss. And we're going to move on from that and talk a little bit about Potomac, because we both watch that, and we both encourage other people to watch that. If they're not on board yet, they should get on board. This is season three, and it's pretty good. And then we need to talk about Southern Charm, the episode this week, and also reunion teasers that we've heard about in the news, the Ashley Jacobs issue, the fatal attraction vibe we're getting, and then we're going to end with Real Housewives of New York the franchise that will be the MVPs forever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Always be. Always, always. Okay, so first of all, the OC trailer just dropped this past week. And we saw season 13 is going to be re- premiering on July 16th. We have two new housewives, Gina, who's a feisty mom from Long Island. She seems like she is uh maybe like a Kelly Dodd 2.0, except blonde, maybe. We have Emily... A lawyer from Ohio. She's like a rags to riches story. She seems in the previews very, you know, very much concerned with people not thinking she is some kind of dummy or just a housewife. Yeah. Maybe Heather
1: Dubrow-ish.
0: Maybe Heather Dubrow-ish with a law degree. Instead of married to a doctor, she actually has her own degree.
1: And I think that maybe she has, I think the show maybe has been trying to find a maybe a Heather Dubrow kind of replacement just because I feel like they always thought Heather Dubrow brought a lot of class to the show. So this could be, Emily could be that girl. I know she had a prior relationship with Tamra. They keep teasing that, that they had, a, they had a prior friendship and they had a falling out. So she's going to come on the show and try and make up with Tamra.
0: Okay, so you've heard she's going to try to make up with Tamra. I, I didn't know anything. I know that they teased this prior relationship with Tamra, but I was like, is she going to come on and they're just going to be like arch em- enemies from the get-go? Because we also have Tamra and Vicky teamed back up again, using their powers for evil, which I love. I'm all about that.
1: I love that too. There are, the show is always at it's, at its best when those two are friends. I always believe that.
0: I do too. And you had mentioned before, and I think this was so astute, that Vicky, it, you know, for all of her history on The Housewives, she's this is her 13th season, she is the OG. She truly does not know how to get out of her own way. She is. She tries to manipulate situations maybe, but she fails, or she just doesn't know how. She just lets her ass hang out. You know, people really, really hate her or they kind of tolerate her because she's such a fabulous housewife addition. I don't know that anyone's like a huge personal Vicky fan. I'm a housewife Vicky fan though. Like I can't picture OC without her.
1: Me neither. I think, yeah, it's like I said to you before. I think Vicky's someone who, people have very strong opinions about Vicky. And I think that we see all sides of every housewife, uh, not only in 13 seasons, but really you see them in maybe the only two seasons. You could see all sides of, a person just because you have to, yeah. have to see the good and the bad. I think the housewives like to say that they know how to play the game, which I think is a once you start using that term, that's me you know things go bad because housewives try very much to go on a certain image, try and look a certain way. They want to show their best selves at all times. And Vicky, for some reason, out of, out of all now 13 seasons of the show, she really, we've seen her authentic self, good and bad. So for me, it makes me love her as a housewife. To one of, I, will, I love watching her because she will always be her authentic self. She never tries to put on a show because even if she does try a little bit, it's a mess. It, it never works. <laughs> ever.
0: Right. It's a mess. I mean, this is the woman who pees on a bed and lives to go on, you know, showing her face in public.
1: Right, exactly. She pees on Tamara's bed. I think, and I said this to you before, I think most of the OC housewives uh, have a very hard time not showing their authentic selves. I think we see that with Shannon Bador who shows her authentic self at all times. Uh as much as she might want to say her marriage with David's great for example in the past few years, we see that it's not good. Even Tamara I think is now the one who probably tries the most to put on a show only because she tries to do the whole Christian act. But the thing with Tamara is that even when even though she's doing that the evil side of Tamara which I love and I encourage Tamara to be evil and worship Satan and beyond <laughs>
0: yeah. instead of worshiping
1: Jesus I prefer worshiping Satan.
0: Worshiping Satan. Tamra, we would like you to turn back to the Lucifer, please.
1: Yeah, God. exactly. Tamra is someone who just has Satan inside of her. And I just don't I don't like her trying to get it out. I love the fact that is an evil woman. But she sometimes, but even now she's trying to be Christian, she still can't help herself. She's still a mess and will scream like, that And that's my opinion. Like, she'll still do it when she's screaming at Shannon. Just listen, Shannon.
0: Yeah, she says, stop. She's screaming, ironically. Stop screaming. It's like, <laughs> that's who Tamara is. She screams at people to stop screaming. Or she screams like, Jesus is going to forgive me. I mean, she's just so she's so the opposite of whatever she professes to be. And, but she's a great housewife too.
1: My we favorite see- Tamra moment is just simply when, uh, at post, you know, post, I always say post baptism. My favorite Tamra moment is when she was yelling at Kelly going, you bitch in season 11. And that was like evil Satan Tamra coming out where her voice actually changed. And she was like, you bitch, how dare you talk about my daughter? And you, like, I've actually never heard Tamra use that kind of a voice before. Cause it was so low, but it was such a great moment. Cause that was like, Evil Tamra, like possessed by the devil, like screaming at Kelly Dodd, who was also oh. a, a Satan monster that season. But I love her now.
0: I love Kelly too. I started really loving Kelly last year. Me too. That dud of a season, Kelly car- <laughs> Kelly carried it though. I mean, she, she was, was the only thing. Yeah, she was MVP. She was the only thing worth watching. She was licking the glass, you know, at that restaurant. <laughs>
1: <the> <laughs> I <forgot> <laughs> She's, I think was, I'm metaphorically licking the glass. And I was like, what does that mean? I like that. And then I realized you were, ah.
0: And she, yeah, she was just like, I'm out here. I'm showing up at the quiet woman, drunk off my ass. I'm not even supposed to be filming here. I mean, I kind of <laughs> loved that. Because everyone was refusing to film together last year. Now, in addition to the two new Housewives that we saw in the promo shot and in the trailer, we also see the addition of Vicky's sixth new face.
1: i look more like
0: vicky Gumbleson than vicky looks like vicky gumbelson at this point so what are what are your thoughts on this this is this face tune because it looks the shot of her that is just blowing its way through the internet and just shocking people far and wide it looks different than her face in the trailer like the moving living vicky on camera doesn't look as whacked out different as that freaking picture
1: right right i what what First of all, what's Vicky's, like, face inspiration? Is it her daughter, Brianna? Is it Gretchen, who she always seems to start looking like? She starts looking like a version of Gretchen. Uh, she, I'm picturing, now you said you look more like her than she does. I'm picturing Vicky just going, I, I want the Aaron Martin face. Like, I just, I'm very inspired by Erin Martin face. It's, it's just beautiful girl. And I'm not going to look like Miss Piggy, Slade. All, all this is just out of revenge for Slade. Like, she's only getting her sixth face because she hates Slade smiley that much. And don't we all, by the way?
0: Don't we all? I you know, I hate Slade Smiley so much that I can't I can't actually stop mentioning him. I'm giving him more promotional material than I really need to in my podcast. I've tried to stop talking about him so much because I'm obsessed with hating him. I like, hate him he, so much. Like I would never go to the extent of like changing my face if Slade insulted me. I mean, she really is she took that hard and she is not stopping. She is addicted to it now and I think you mentioned before you You brought me back to that moment in what season was it when she showed up at the barbecue. Season
1: eight, the clam bake. <laughs> With, like,
0: where, where her face wasn't fully baked yet. It was like you know, still fresh out of the oven of plastic surgery. like it hadn't settled. like it was like it was like deformed bread. You know, like, and
1: it, like the cl- like The clams they were uh, it was an absolutely raw face. It was a raw <laughs> bar, raw face.
0: <laughs> but, but is that what's happening again? Like did she get yes. that promo shot? And it was like her face had it depuffed from whatever she done? Because yeah, she clearly. truly looks like a different person.
1: Well, Vicky never learned from her estates. When she... Vicky's hasn't learned... And I said this to you. You know, she showed up at Heather Dubrow's clam bake where Terry Dubrow just wanted onion rings, and he, instead we saw Vicky's glam face, um, raw clam face. That she got the surgery like the day before they started filming, and so she just never learned her lesson. Like she needs to stop getting procedures like the day before you start shooting. In this case, she got clearly got surgery the day before they did their promo shoot, and I just and I don't know if she thinks that like the like the more recent the surgery was, the fresher your face is. Because I don't really know if that's like her mindset because that has to like de-swell for like months. I think it took her the entire season eight to like actually like make her face like somewhat normal again or like the most like herself. So I don't know. I mean, she claims on Instagram that she said on, like she commented in her own photo saying that like she doesn't know what happened. She said it's all Photoshop and it has nothing to do with her. I don't believe her because she's a liar. But (laughs) I appreciate her attempt at like, I mean, in her defense, I will say that Tamara's promo shot and I think Tamara's gorgeous she, they did some weird Photoshop on Tamara where she looks like Jim Carrey in the mask with she's smiling. <laughs> she's like that. She's like, like, it's, I can't do the teeth because they're so crazy. She's like... <laughs>
0: If you're listening to the audio podcast, we're trying to make faces at each other that resemble what these chicks look like. Because it, it's shocking. It's shocking. If you've seen it, then you know what we're talking about. If you haven't, go directly to Bravo's homepage, bravo.com, and look for the OC trailer. Look for the promo shots and just do a deep dive on their Instagrams because they're actually tweeting them out and putting them on their Instagrams. Like, hey, look at me. They're not. Yeah. It's, it's not embarrassing <laughs> for them. And I'm like, no. no, this is an embarrassing moment. Something really bad happened or some intern over at bravo hates your ass because they fucked with your face big time That's i would yell at them
1: i would say uh, for vicky she looks like she skinned her grandson's uh, face and put it on her own and brianna's and so she's wearing her grandson's young baby face and Tamara looks like she got like injections like right botox injections right in the forehead like right when and the right nerve here. is yeah and it like hit the nerve and they're like and so it hit the nerve she's like god damn it and they're like you're ready Tamara. so she's posing like this She's
0: like doing, yeah, eyebrows way, way up, wide eyes, and like big, weird, yes, mask smile. You're right, it's a mask. It's, It's everything that we expect from the OC, though. I mean, this cast changes the most from year to year i would say well i mean maybe they're <laughs> fo- followed closely by beverly hills like they yes. like when I, when you look at the shot of the cast every year you're like wait who is coming back and who's new like you have to actually break it down and really look at it to decide do i know that person are they a housewife I've-? and then they're like oh yeah they've been on for 10 seasons right okay there's the new bitch over there it's so right. shocking
1: also, you... why are the two new girls, that's what I just want to say in the cast photo, uh, why are the two new girls pushed to the end? They're, like, not in the shot. Like, the photo is so strange to me because it looks like, especially Gina, is, like, so at the end. They're both on the left side, and it looks like they were not in the picture at all, and they just kind of threw them in, but, like, you don't want like, it's just a very awkwardly posed shot. I just want to say that. It doesn't yeah, and, make sense to me.
0: And you were saying, too, how it looks like it was shot in Vicky's insurance office. Bingo. It really does. Yes.
1: Yeah, they put a backdrop in Vicky's office and or Tamara's basement. And I always say with OC that they usually have, for some reason, the worst photo shoots. They're like not good. And I get that they're supposed to be relatable. But I always enjoyed the shots they do in the backyard where they shoot in Vicky's backyard on the grotto near the pool. Gorgeous shot. Let's do that again. Why are we shooting Vicky's insurance office next to her uh, secretary or whatever her name is?
0: Yeah, I, well, you know, because Vicky works. Vicky works, Brandon. She works. Work. She I needs. Work. Yeah, I work. I work. I work. You have to shoot it here because I work. I work. I work. Yeah, so I'm sure she's just telling them that. I'm sure she's like, you know, what? I can't go to a photo shoot. I work. I'm at work. And they're like, okay, we'll fucking come to your work. We'll take the shot of you there.
1: And she's like, yeah. fine, but, but the girls are not talking to me. They're not, They're mean. They're mean. They're mean. I like when she says liar face. Because they're liar faces. Liar face.
0: I mean. <laughs> Jesus Jesus will forgive me, Tamara might, but Jesus will. Okay, so speaking of like super janky promos, shots, uh, talking heads, wardrobe, and taglines, let's talk about Potomac. I love Potomac, (laughs) but I have to throw shade over everything that goes into their promotional materials. I mean, they truly are looking like the bottom of the barrel. They haven't changed their tag. You know, the, the original cast members haven't changed their taglines. They're all wearing the same dresses. It looked like TJ Maxx exploded on the stage at last year's reunion.
1: Yeah. They truly it truly really did. Is, I will say the only one that should be grateful that their promotion hasn't changed is Giselle. Only because Giselle's stunning, but for some reason... No, well she's stunning but her promo shot is so gorgeous that like Giselle's probably like thank god not that she's gotten any like she's still a gorgeous girl but like she just has one of the she has one of the best shots I've ever seen of any housewife of her opening tag which is like word on the street and it's just like that gorgeous dress and hair (laughs) but I would love to see a new Giselle look I want to see everyone have a new look Karen looks nothing like herself in her opening tagline because she clearly lost a bunch of weight since the first season so it's like Old Karen versus new Karen with the crazy wigs that we need new shots. We need put we need new
0: shots. I demand a shot in the opening credits of Karen's wig shift because that is <laughs> iconic. That I demand it because that was one of the most iconic housewives things I've ever seen. And it didn't even get enough play on Twitter, as far as oh. I'm concerned. I was like, why is why aren't people talking about this for oh, I don't know, a week afterwards? It was I I rewound it probably 30 times.
1: I've seen it so many times. And Karen's intro should be her in the dress, but, like, with the sunglasses on the wig like she tried to do. And the child just simply goes, we good, we good, we good. she's like, we good, we good, we good. As it's, like, slipping off her head.
0: She's amazing because she is so delusional and so batshit crazy. And she... It, she throws so much shade she lies constantly which are all the makings of a powerhouse housewife we know this and she also lived through her wig falling off of her head she put it back on basically posted, you know just like pasted it on her head with those sunglasses and kept <laughs> shooting the goddamn scene she kept shooting the scene brandon yeah, i was like
1: we
0: good we good. Yeah, we good i'm like we not good we not good like no other, could you imagine Erica Jane living to tell the story of you know like her weave getting even one hair out of place? I mean, Karen's wig falls off and she still comes back and and keeps arguing.
1: Yeah, she's still arguing, and I love Karen for like Karen is like a, is one of the MVP housewives. I will say she's great, and she's such a liar too. Speaking of liar face, that she's like. Like totally. she, what she was doing with the whole charity thing by having the girls write checks to her uh, personal fund, or as, as uh, Robin Dixon said, her plastic surgery fund. And Karen's like, I, I know these women are not questioning how I'm doing charity. Like they're like, she's like, how dare they? These and what she calls them, she calls them batches. She goes, these batches don't understand.
0: <laughs> and she, if she doesn't even make an explanation for it. She's like, this is how I do it. Yeah. I, I I funnel, I funnel your funds to my personal account and you're going to write the check and you're going to like it. You know, yeah. her husband's got $11 million suit coming against him from the federal government. You know, he, she's in serious trouble, serious trouble. And she's just distancing herself from that husband. And she's trying to collect money from her castmates and she is making no bones about it.
1: No, she does not care. And she's the girls that like, chameleon her to her face, which is pretty amazing, because they just put her on blast and Karen's reactions just like slurp on wine and be like, No, we good, we good. Okay, bye batch <laughs> is what she says. <laughs> bye batch. Bye batch. She goes, he's batches. And the only one who says batch as well, uh, is actually Tamara Judge on OC says batch. She goes, Hi batch.
0: Yeah, hey batch. batch.
1: Hey batch. But instead Karen does it as a way to like really tell them she goes, these thirsty batches don't understand that I'm running a charity. The Karen Huger, like uh, Karen, what is it? Karen O? <laughs> it's
0: it's O oh, Karen Huger. Like, <laughs> oh, like, 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 oh, fucking captain, my captain. Or like a, a stolen low rent O from, you know, <laughs> stolen from Oprah. I'm like, what is this O?
1: What's the O? Oh, I don't know what the O is. I, I said to you before that Karen's that girl who thinks that she's like Oprah and Beyonce. She could just have one name. So instead, especially if Ray goes to jail, she's dropping that Huger name so quickly and going, I'm just Karen. I'm just me. Karen's yeah. me. I'm Karen.
0: Right. She'll, she'll want to do just like an Erica. Or she, maybe she'll get an alter ego and start like gyrating on stage or something. I could see Karen going in any direction.
1: I hope and she I, takes I, Ashley's, um, Ashley, no, Robin's nickname for her, which is Karen Huger, which I hope <laughs> she takes. <laughs>
0: Karen Hooker do you how much do you love her her writing down her business plan of cents s yes. e <laughs> She goes, I've always been interested in sense. And she takes a notepad out and she's very seriously looking at it and they're filming her just writing sense. And then she, and then she invites them all to basically be involved in a pyramid scheme or something. Mm -hmm. She's like, I want you on the ground floor, i.e. I want your money because I'm not really starting a business. I'm just getting in on some pyramid scheme and I need other bitches to join this with me
1: yeah exactly and i also would love to know the role of matt her assistant slash is he a lawyer slash publicist maybe she was just like matt knows everything and he controls everything and at one point she i remember like she got into the limo and she like put her like feet on matt's lap
0: yes she did and i i screenshotted that shit i was like (laughs) i was like what is this I, no one has addressed it. I don't understand. That better come up at the reunion. They better have a still shot of that and say, um, "Let's talk. Let us like, let us talk about he? this." Who is
1: he though? Like I just I still don't understand his role. And she goes, "Matt comes with me everywhere." I was like, "We've never met him." And I like how the women have been like, "We've never met Matt." And Giselle and Robin and like Cherise who've known Karen since I don't even know so for, uh, for however many years since Karen got her first wig. I've <laughs> never <laughs> seen Matt before. Matt's a new figure. Matt's a new face.
0: And Matt looks very scared most of the time. He looks like an animal in captivity. Like, he's docile, but he would probably escape at any point if, like, the door was cracked open. You know, oh, like, yes. he's, he's there because he's being fed and watered, but he, he if you just, like, let, let his leash loose a little bit, he's going to run. Yeah. He looks very scared. He looks very scared. He's so, he's so sketchy. It's so weird. Okay, well, we could talk... We're going to move on from Potomac because we have so much to talk about when it comes to Southern charm. Okay. But would you tell people... Potomac is worth watching. I would.
1: Potomac is absolutely worth watching. I would say if you really just want to get into it, start with at least season two. But honestly, I I yeah. didn't mind season one, especially because I binge watched most of it again. And it really wasn't that bad. Like they took a cast trip to like Bethany Beach, which was pretty janky, but like the scenes were so funny. Giselle was like not willing to sleep in a twin bed. And she's like, I'm not participating. I'm getting a hotel. Like that's funny shit. And Karen's like in the master bedroom. I kind of, and Katie Ross, the season one cast member is pretty nuts. So I would say start with season one, but if you really are like, I'm not doing it, then start with season two.
0: Yeah, you can start with season two. Season one was funny because of Katie's character. She was really unhinged and she thought she was getting married to this guy. She was totally nuts. She was almost like giving me Kelly Ben Simone vibes a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and allegedly was maybe on some substances that uh added to her behavior. But yeah, I think season 3 they're hitting their they're hitting their stride. I like the new cast members. I like that it's not just one age range all against Ashley the young one anymore. I like that it's more evenly balanced. And I think we're kind of getting over that what's Potomac? Like where's Potomac? It doesn't really matter. It's Who just a, it's a suburban housewife show. It could really be anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's like early Jersey. And it, and it just is, it's good. It's good. It's worth watching. It's no New York, but what no. is, what the is. Suburban you know?
1: housewives, the suburban housewives are great housewives. OCs, suburban, Jersey, suburban, Potomac, suburban. They're great. I always, I said this to you before. It's very Desperate Housewives-esque. You have people in, key, in certain communities are rich. Uh, suburban politics is always fascinating and it's great to see on television. New York is still the best. That's still the best housewife show, but don't sleep on the suburban housewives. They are very fascinating to watch and I recommend
0: They are, and they're weirdly relatable, even though they're absolutely insane. Okay, so Southern Charm. We have to talk about many things. We have to talk about the reunion teasers that we've been reading about. Of course, Mm -hmm. Ashley Jacobs is what everyone has on their lips and doesn't want to. Speaking of Satan. Speaking of Lucifer and worshiping Lucifer, (laughs) yes. I don't know who's worse. I mean, Ashley or T-Rab. For for me, Thomas Ravenel is the grossest human being ever. He's Yeah, but so he he really deserves Ashley and it couldn't be happening to a nicer person (laughs) or to a better person. I mean, I love love seeing her torture him or allegedly hearing about how she's not accepting the breakup and the rumors of her maybe being a hired gun, maybe being a call girl and how she went to the reunion without him and they basically didn't even pay her. She just like went there on her own dime. She she showed up. She she fought her own stupid battle, and the whole cast loathes her. I mean, they openly loathe her, and I think Thomas does too. What do you? Yeah. Before we get into the episode this week, what are your thoughts on the whole Ashley thing? Do you think there's any truth to these rumors, or what's her deal?
1: I think there are probably truth to the rumors. I mean, she moved. I think if she's not a call girl, she's at least just incredibly desperate and in a fame whore. I mean, she moved to Charleston seemingly after a week of meeting after meeting Thomas Ravenel. Right. You don't just. I mean. Even if you want to move for a guy, you don't do it after a week. That doesn't happen. It's not real. Um, I feel bad that Catherine has to even take any of this seriously because her children are involved. And the stuff that Ashley has even said to to her was some of the most vile things I've ever heard anyone say ever. Not even just on reality TV, but just like in life. I've never heard anyone say something so nasty to a mother. Um, And also expecting their respect in any way. Um,
0: Yeah, it seemed like she was trying to rile... Things up on camera, or she's just that evil. I and people—that's the question people are asking: Is she doing this to make some kind of horrific name for herself, or is she really hired in a capacity to be like this this evil shrew to make Thomas look better? Because, okay, we have to remember Thomas is truly being investigated for rape allegations. He is truly going through um, basically a downfall of his character for good reason. Because I think there's truth right. to much of it. And but but people are so focused on Ashley being evil that he's actually looking better for it. And so I'm yes. like, wait, is this all working? Is this an evil plan that's actually working? Am I part of this? Like, what's yeah. happening?
1: I think Southern Charm, the major theme of this season's this like the boys protecting each other and the girls getting shit on. I think. I mean, Ashley's evil, so we should shit on her. But I think you're right. It does take away from the fact that Thomas Ravenel is a terrible human being. And I, it really was kind of stunning to me to see Thomas really not say anything to Ashley, knowing all the stuff he was saying towards the mother of his children. It was really... I, I, I was, I was shocked. I mean, like, I, maybe I shouldn't be shocked by his behavior because he's an awful human, a disgusting, vile, garbage person. But I just thought at least he would say something to the mother of his children saying, or I'm sorry, saying something to Ashley saying, don't say that to the mother of my children in the actual moment. Instead, he was just like, can't we all just get along, Ashla?
0: Yeah, and then he went into that weird trance on the boat and screamed <gasps> oh at Chelsea. God. And I was like, right there, right there is who this guy is. He is a scary abusive asshole. And uh, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. That's in my, opinion. My, in my Tamara voice. So I, I just think he is. And I, in that moment, it was like, oh, he got rid of like his mayor speech that he does in his interviews when he's acting like he's running for office. And that showed me that's actually what he thinks of women. And also when he said the now famous quote, you know, to Patricia about Ashley wanting him to come home at night and wanting more of his time. He said, I have all the money and all the power. What is she going to do? I'm like, "That's, that's who you are. That's who you are, asshole. So I, I really think Ashley is doing working wonders for his image because we are so focused on her. And
1: destroying her own image, as we see, as we see every she week. She
0: will. I mean, what is she going to do after this? What the hell are her options?
1: I don't know. I mean, I don't really know if she thought that she was going to get the public support this season. I mean, I don't really remember how people thought of what people thought of Catherine last year. I always liked her, and I always thought she was really fun. But I, I, I a fun cast member. But I also knew her faults, and she was clearly on substances and I love her even more this season I don't really know if Ashley thought she was gonna get the public support I guess she did because she went around this I mean she was really proud of herself for the way she spoke to Catherine and I guess she must have thought that people were gonna stand behind her which was I mean classic dumb idiot move uh I don't really know where she can go from here I mean she's a joke Yeah,
0: she's a joke. She's on Instagram. She has like a couple of defenders out there who are under, you know, bot accounts who are like, you go girl, stand strong. And she's like, thank you. She wrote something like Jesus will protect. She's pulling a Tamara thing. She's like, Jesus is on my side. She invoked the Lord. She also, the Christian Lord. She also invoked, um, oh, she wrote something really vile that someone forwarded me on Twitter just last night. And it was a commenter on her Instagram said something about, I hope these, all these people who are trolling you go back under a bridge. And she said, or jump off of it.
1: Oh God. Okay. Yeah, she's just on your side. Really? Okay.
0: Yeah. She's a nasty piece of work. So I, I am waiting to see her on the reunion. I want to see too. her get roasted. I do. I
1: want I mean, to get roasted Kim Zolciak style. That would be Everything I need, but like even worse, like turn it up an extra notch and just like really roast her. I want to see what Cameron says to Ashley. Because Cameron, for some reasons, the girl, well, first of all, we had, we just haven't seen a lot of Cameron this season. So I would like to see it oh, with the group. So I'd like to see her thoughts and hear her thoughts about all this. But also Cameron's the one girl that defends the guys, which always has bothered. I love Cameron, but that really bothers me about her. I don't really know why she takes the guy's side. She tries to be neutral, but she ends up always being on the guy's side.
0: Agree. So yeah, I, I don't like that either. See-
1: yeah, I would love to hear her thoughts, because I think if she even tries to defend Thomas or Ashley, she will, and I don't think she will, but if she does, she'll be put on blast immediately.
0: I have this spidey sense that Cameron's husband is stepping in behind the scenes because I've heard reports that most of the women and most of the important women, because you know, some, are, some cast members are ranked higher than others, You know, a Chelsea wouldn't have the weight to to carry any kind of policy or procedure in the future like a Cameron would, who's the narrator of the show. So I've heard that some of the heavy hitter women on the show have refused to film with Thomas in the future, which is probably why his contract won't be renewed. And I'm like, you know, Cameron and probably her husband, who seems like a normal presence for the sheer fact that he refuses to be on the show is probably saying like, you can no longer align yourself with this man. If you want to have any reputation in the media or in Charleston, because you just can't at this point, like the whole Bravo thing where they're like, we're investigating and we're going to see what happens. It's like, no, 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 this is actually a police matter. (laughs) This is a real investigation. This is real shit. This isn't just like Thomas being a pig on the show. And right. I don't I don't see how anyone who wants any kind of career afterwards could align with him.
1: I also wish production would just take a stand and officially fire him and announce it. I know that they took a stand by not inviting him to the reunion. That's like fine. That's a good step. We should see that he's publicly fired. And if they don't announce it at the reunion, I'll actually be pretty disappointed just because they need to... They just they need to announce it. They need to announce that he's fired. Like he cannot come back next year. And I don't think he will be back. But I think this they just keep saying we're under investigation under investigation. That's fine, but let's let's make a statement now. Like, I, th- I I, honestly expect a statement at the reunion. They have to, they have to acknowledge he's not there.
0: So yeah, I hope that they make an announcement then too, but I have heard um, from Inquisitor and, you know, other people who are reporting on this like day to day with updates that his contract expires at the end of the season. So they might pull what they pull with the housewives, which is always to give them the chance to say that they're leaving. They never say that a housewife is fired never they they always give them the chance to say oh, i i've chosen to leave the show but it's because the contracts go year to year they're never multi year you know, right. so they could just say, we're not giving you a new contract. How would you like to make your exit? I have a feeling that they might do that, but I wish that they would take a stand, like you said, and say, we are not having him back, because I feel yeah. like they, they need to be on the right side of history with this.
1: They do. The only housewife they've ever publicly fired was Adrian Malouf by Andy announcing that we need, she would not be returning to the show. Right. We need that. We need that and more for Thomas Rabineau. Right. I mean, honestly, we need Andy Cohen to announce he's not coming back. And then we need a statement from what's the, is it Haymaker? What's the Haymaker.
0: Haymaker, which I've heard is very Um, there are some misogynistic issues going on within the main producers at Haymaker I don't know I don't know details but I've heard that they have really worked hard to make Catherine like the femme fatale vixen and you know just be basically like have that toxic masculinity that makes all the women the evil hoes and the men just the just the poor befuddled guys who are trying to, you know, fall in love and get married. So that's why Thomas has gotten this really good edit in the past. Mm-hmm. And Catherine has been made out to be so evil, but it's like this year it's all the tables are turning.
1: Well, I think this is very clear because honestly, they picked up a show uh, from Whitney Solter Smith that was supposed to be all about men. The whole thing was supposed to be called Southern gentlemen. So of course there was going to be a show about men. They're going to pick up. It was probably supposed to put men in a good light. They gave Shep his own show despite him, uh, harassing chelsea last year and who knows what else he's done i'm not going to make assumptions but we saw enough with chelsea last year on screen that was pretty gross enough um i think that i'm going to make the assumption that they probably know more about thomas than they're letting on sorry uh, i'm just going to put it out there and it's okay now we have to rectify it and say that he's fired but i wouldn't be surprised if there was some, misog- some misogynistic people in that production company i would love to know if it was the production company or bravo who said you need to hire women Because it was all about men first, and then they hired the women later.
0: Right, exactly. And you can tell it feels very much like that. The women are the ancillary characters still. Always. Now, let's talk about another really average dude who really beautiful women are fighting over inexplicably. Austin, Victoria, and Chelsea are in a love triangle. Yeah, who talks with his tongue out. And he's also, he's thinking of himself as this, you know, entrepreneur because he went to a brewery and said, hey, can I call your beer mine and have a party and and make believe that I created this? And they said, sure, here you go. And so it's just so pathetic. And I feel like, why are these women, is is Charleston's dating pool so bleak that these women who could do so much better are fighting over fricking Austin?
1: I must be because Austin to me, I don't know what his charm is. The only thing that seems good about him is they seem to be nice but like we don't just date people because they're nice I mean like Jesus like his tongue is out of his mouth like and like that's it's just he's and his mouth is always moving even when he's not speaking so people who were watching right now can see him go that's like that's what his mouth is doing even when he's not talking like he's just like not saying words but he's still like
0: he's chewing on his tongue a lot he's a lot of he's instead of putting in a dip or put a chew he's chewing on his tongue that's his habit yeah it's just right
1: I don't know why people are fighting over him. I mean, I think Chelsea's gorgeous and I really love her. I think she's really great and seems like a really sweet, nice and really put together girl. Um, I don't, Victoria weirds me out because I always, I mean, I don't know. I think Victoria has a lot of expectations uh, for a girl who's dating her, one of her good friends ex-boyfriend
0: exactly and it's it's just yeah it's it's a little too much too soon it's like well we just kind of saw you on camera recently and you're like i'm making soup make sure you come home what are you doing on instagram i mean she's kind of getting the weird psychotic girlfriend vibes too early you know
1: she wants to be on tv but when chelsea comes over, she says can we talk she's like no and (laughs) (laughs) it was a little awkward i mean stupid the whole thing's awkward but i'm also like you know what victoria uh you just came into a television show that chelsea and austin were already on they were already dating and I don't know what you expect I mean I get that you need like some basic decent respect but I also I think that Chelsea said everything she needed to say which was I didn't mean to do anything nor did I mean to disrespect you
0: yeah but it and was also it,
1: honest and was like you know we have a friendship
0: right right and also like it's Austin you know what I mean Austin. like you know, does, does anybody crazy. really want him that badly I don't know I don't get it so what else what else happened oh so oh do we really think that Catherine and Shep are, are they trying to make us believe that there's something there? I mean, I was kind of shocked to learn that they did hook up in the past and it wasn't... Yeah the distant past it was like after her firstborn and so, so was a couple
1: years ago jesus
0: couple years ago i know but i was thinking oh maybe it was like before the thomas stuff because she was like kind of making the rounds and not again this is not her she can have sex with whoever she wants but a lot of the guys were really into her you know at that time before she hooked up with thomas which was <laughs> her fatal mistake so yeah. but no it has been since then are we thinking that bravo is just kind of like trying to tease us that this could be a thing or do you see any potential there
1: I mean, I think that they are actually a pretty okay match. I think that Bravo is just teasing us a little bit. I, I'm not surprised that they're even talking about it because I'm sure they're asked like, "Oh, what do you think of Shep? Like, what do you think of Catherine? You know, what do you think a relationship? What do you think a relationship could be?" And I'm sure they yeah. have to explore it. They've been on the show together for so many years. Yeah, I don't think anything would actually happen between them because I think that uh, Shep. I'm going to be honest. I think that Shep doesn't want to date someone with kids, nor has the history of being with Thomas. I think that's just Shep. I think that Shep wants things to be very, 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 like, not only non-committal, but also, well, very casual, but also has no actual tie to the show. I also think that I was also, I was always rooting for Catherine and Craig to get together, actually. So I'm always Me too. like... too! So I've always been wanting them to get together, because I really think that they're very, very sweet. They may not be the best match, but I think that they're very, very sweet. And I think Craig is so clearly... Uh, clearly really likes her and always, I remember the whole thing about season one is that Craig was like in love with her and that she wouldn't get with him Even you know I think it was rumored that they did get together like one time
0: I think they did I think they did and also it was rumored that they got together when they got lost on that golf cart mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 and they and they had to dig a hole to survive and all of it and it was like okay whatever you guys just slept on the beach and he came back and who cares but right yeah I think there really is something there at least on Craig's end I mean he the way he looks at her and I think
1: he really likes her I do
0: I know. And I, I really love Craig for defending her when no one else would. Yeah. He's he's he doesn't have the level of misogyny that the other guys have when it comes to the good old boys club when they'd all be like, oh, she's just crazy, whatever. And he's like, well, Thomas is being an asshole like you guys like he would he would be like, yeah, but the guy's making her crazy. So I loved when he did that. And nobody else would not even Cameron, you know, not one of the women. Cameron. Yeah,
1: Cameron's always been on the guy's side. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I root for Craig and Catherine is because, like, Craig has always defended her. Craig has always understood her. I know that Chef says that he's always understood her, but that's not really true. I mean, he says, like, oh, she was crazy. But, like, uh, Craig never felt that way. Craig always was defending Catherine and always understood her side. And I just thought it was always very sweet to her. I think they have a very sweet relationship. I guess right now it's just a friendship. But I think that out of all the guys and girls, I would like Craig and Catherine to get together. But I... I can see Shep and Catherine trying it out, but I don't think it would ever really go anywhere. I just don't. No. I see why Shep is into her. I get why he would be kind of infatuated a little bit, but I don't know. I just don't think it would happen.
0: I don't see it at all. I don't see it. Do you? So do, what do we think? Do we think um, Haymaker Productions is taking people out back at the factory and breaking their arms and legs at this point? Because every fucking person on the show is wearing a boot or a cast or a knee brace <laughs> yeah. or like I'm waiting for someone's neck to snap. I mean, everyone is injured. Like they've been manhandled by uh, the producers or something. I'm like, what's act? And they're all like v- very sketchy. Like, oh, I hurt myself with a butter knife or. Yeah,
1: like, I'm like still. T- I'm like still trying to understand like Greg's <laughs> injury because I can't put my mind around it. Because I remember they showed us like the destruction in his home and it was just like a couple of little di- like dings and like like one little section of like where he clearly destroyed the wall but i can't i can't get my mind around what that injury actually is
0: no and it's like we, we've seen it. ramona singer can you know with her bare hands destroy a room better than mm-hmm. craig can destroy one little hole and she doesn't even have to get you know a cast on her hand the, the new york women can destroy things all the time dorinda can stab herself in the hand and still and be she's you fine. know
1: i stab myself in the hand
0: She's fine. So let's move on to New York, actually. Okay. What what are we thinking about this week? I was telling Jenny how I really got tearful, and I don't know if it's my hormones or if it's just because I recently watched season three of Real Housewives of New York, which is the epic scary island season, and it's also Mm -hmm. where Jill and Bethany essentially break up. And Jill is very evil that season. And Bethany is bewildered. Now, flash forward to this season. And it was this week that we saw the moment of them on the street at Bobby Zaren's funeral. And right. here's where I got emotional. The Bobby montage, which I thought Bravo did such a beautiful job with. And then secondly, when Jill said to Bethany, I just want to tell you, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Because I was like, oh my God. I mean, I just, I seriously, tears were coming down my eyes. And I couldn't, you know, I, I, I kind of didn't expect it. Now, Jenny told me when I was on the show, and Lisser and Colleen has only watched a bit, but they were like, yeah, we didn't feel emotional. We felt like it was all a setup. How did you feel?
1: I don't think it was a setup. I think it was clearly two people who were awkwardly interacting after not being together for years and interacting in such um, really sad circumstances. I don't don't think it was set up. I, I think it's set up in the way that they have production cameras out there, but I don't think the situation was set up. I think Bethany genuinely wanted to talk to Jill. I think Jill genuinely wanted to talk to Bethany even hearing them interact, it's that awkwardness of people who haven't spoken in years, but once had a very close relationship, plus being in a really terrible, upsetting situation.
0: Yeah. I mean, there are many factors at play. The inappropriate comments you make at funerals, everyone does that. Everyone, we're always trying to, it's like, I've been, I've been to my fair share people very close to me and then people not so close to me. And, you don't know what the hell is coming out of your mouth sometimes. And so people were really jumping on Bethany for saying like, I'm alone too. When Jill said, I'm, I'm alone now, what am I going to do? I haven't been alone for however many years. And Bethany said, I'm alone too. I know, I know. And I thought, I, I didn't see that as her making that moment about her. I just thought that she just, she's just saying whatever comes into her head. She's Bethany. You I know? think
1: that she really, I think that she wasn't trying to make it about herself. I think she was genuinely trying to come from a place of um, feeling that trying to relate to Jill. I think she was trying to relate to Jill and I think that was the way she was doing it. I don't think it was her trying to make it about herself or be an asshole. I think she genuinely thought that would make Jill feel better by saying like, oh, I'm alone too. A lot of us are alone and you could do this. I think that's where, I mean, obviously for different situations, Bethany got divorced, but I think that there's still that feeling that Bethany's trying to relate on was saying like, I'm alone too. I have this guy, now I don't. I, and you know, I, I, I think she was trying to be nice. Like I really do. I, 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 I am a Bethany defender, but I will call her out in moments that I think she needs to be called out on. I don't really think this was one of them
0: i agree i i, I like i definitely call her out on moments where i think she is acting terribly i think for instance that she was vile to ramona when ramona brought up her skincare line and i thought she was the biggest hypocrite that ever walked the earth when she yeah, was, was like really oh rude. what are you doing an infomercial and it's like bethany your whole life on the show is one long infomercial like ye of the skinny girl snowboard behind your head right. let, let us not forget hashtag never forget and so and also her skinny girl jeans and all you know just that oh, bedazzled jeans i'm sorry oh. those those be-
1: weird jeweled jeans I cannot see anymore and they're like it's, it's jeans it's gonna jeans they're really nice they're nice jeans skinny gold jeans and then she's is what she says a lot she goes they're sick she always says that about things they're sick isn't it sick skinny girl jeans sick
0: well much like the phrase they're sick the jeans the <laughs> jeans are like 10 years ago they're sick. they're super bedazzled they have the weird like shiny pockets I mean and they're also jeggings or pajama jeans they have like elastic waistband I don't know it's I think it's a straight to the clearance section of you know Ross Dress for less, maybe or <laughs> something like that in the future of those jeans. I can't see those jeans being like the front window of a really high end department store. I just can't see that happening. So
1: I also love the idea that Bethany's saying that um, skinny, skinny girl jeans with the name skinny girl are, are they're all inclusive jeans. They're all inclusive jeans. All girls can wear them. I'm proud. all inclusive jeans. The <laughs> jeans they're sick. <laughs>
0: They're all inclusive jeans because they have an because they have an elastic fucking waistband. They're all inclusive.
1: Right. Jeans. They're all yeah. inclusive jeans, and I see girls wearing them. They're sick. Like
0: I, I see girls wearing them who I'm paying to wear them. They're sick. Exactly. They're sick. Yeah, totally. But so, also, what, like,
1: I will say about Bethy and Jill as last things that like there are cameras there. Like I, on top of being awkward funeral moments, there was also cameras there. That's all I have yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah. It's just yeah, like that adds things to it. You know.
0: And also, Jill invited the cameras, or if she, I don't know whether she invited them, but she definitely signed off on it. Those cameras weren't following Bethany, they were following Jill. Now, I'm also going to say something very controversial. I also said it on Jenny's show, so here it is twice. I can, I'm ready for Jill Zarin back on The Real Housewives of New York. She's single now. All the castmates are single. I think she could add a dynamic that is missing. Even though, okay, The, the Housewives of New York, they're a dream team so it 's not like I think anything in particular is missing, but when we 're seeing the cast fracture right now and everyone turn against Bethany, we found out recently that she unfollowed everyone on social media let 's bring Jill back. I think she could give Bethany maybe a run for her money in a friendly way. She also has a, she has an abiding connection to the, to a lot of the other cast members. And Carol, for me, is driving me absolutely crazy this season. And I think yeah. she would tone that shit down.
1: I would love to see the interactions with Jill and the new girls because she's friends with Ramona, who she's, like, good with again. She's friends with Beth. Well, she's friendly with Bethany. I think they'd be friends again if she came back. She's good with Luann. She's been friends with Dorinda for years. They've never, had, they've never been on the show together ever, but they are friends. Um, and I'd love to see the way she interacts with Carol, who I don't think she would like very much. And I would love to see the way she interacts with Tinsley, who I think she just, like, well, Jill is very superficial, so I think she'd appreciate Tinsley just like for some sort of status thing. But I think that she would kind of be like, "Oh, she's stupid." Like, <laughs> just feel like she'd be like, because Jill's also the first one to be like, "Well, she's a moron."
0: Yeah, a moron. totally. Totally. And I think she could take some of those zingers away from Bethany because Bethany has too many of them now. Like when Bethany's good, she's great. But when we get too much of her being just the sarcastic shrew, then that's when people start turning on her. So I think Jill could like balance it out by bringing her own flavor of snark, which, which used to be great before she turned evil. Before she started using her powers for evil, she was using them to be an awesome housewife. Also, also Jill
1: defended, by the way, Jill defended Bethany on Twitter about all of that, like, About people getting mad at her, she defended her saying like she was just trying to be helpful.
0: Yes, she did. And so there is something real, and I don't think it was staged, and I think it's time for her to come back you know that Jill wants to come back she oh, would sure. come back in a heartbeat she has complained just this year I wrote an article on reality tea about she she spilled something to page six it was a <laughs> friend of Jill Zarin the source you know the unnamed source the fr- which which was Jill calling up page six saying she doesn't want Bravo using her life or you know these moments these tender moments to um, get her for free she really needs to be paid for her services so I'm like you know what just pay her just pay her just put her just just give her a contract, even if she comes back as friend of, you know, Luann was a friend of one season, and she wrote it out, and she was still in every scene. I want yeah. her back. I I'm want her back. I,
1: get it. I think a, even a taste of Jalzerian is fine. If they make her as a friend, that's better than nothing. I'm welcome to a return, because I think that she'd be, be able to bring these girls together in some way. I really do. And so I'm, curious, I'm just curious to see how that interaction would be, because I also think that she would get into some pretty wicked fights with, uh, honestly, I consider getting into a fight with Dorinda. I, oh
0: totally totally yeah. I can see that. And okay here's also what could happen. I, my imagination's running wild with possibilities now Brandon. Okay so here mm-hmm. is what could definitely go down. Jill is at her best when there's an underdog hot mess that she can take under her wing and help. Um Sonia Morgan is that hot mess. Yeah Sonia she would Morgan like Sonia. Is one step away from being the crazy homeless lady yelling at you from the church steps, looking through her things and sniffing her underwear. I mean, Jill could go into that townhouse or wherever Lady Morgan is living by next season. Again, on the street potentially, and she could like bring her onto her bed and counsel her and pet her and kind of and kind of revamp her image. Don't you think? I mean, that would be yes. perfect.
1: I want to see Jill walk into her townhouse, and we just we just see Jill walking into Sony's townhouse, and we just hear her go. Oh my God. <laughs> just, right. like, I did did you extreme... paint
0: over this bird poop? Sonia. Okay, now listen. She would be lecturing her, and Sonia would probably just take it. She would yeah, probably She'd, be like, to no, she'd it. be like,
1: nobody would rent this. Nobody would rent this. I wouldn't rent this. My daughter, <laughs> Allie, wouldn't rent this. I wouldn't rent this.
0: I love it. Okay. Well, you know what? If we were in charge of the world, this is what would happen because this is a perfection. I mean, her taking Sonia under her wing would be perfection. Okay. We need to talk about Tinsley and Dale and we need to talk about the cringeworthy factor from one to 10 of their scenes. Did we find them endearing or did you find that like the darkest, loneliest moment ever when Tinsley was sitting in her (laughs) wedding dress, unengaged with her mom? crying over her seven quote unquote babies which are frozen eggs
1: it was so it was one of the saddest things I've ever seen on television ever <laughs> and it was so funny and I could have seen more of it like just hear her go oh, oh and just those are my babies those are my babies and she's meanwhile staring at I mean she could have looked at an x-ray and like it would have been like oh, like it's just so ridiculous Like she could have looked at the, the, what made me laugh is that like her looking at her eggs and acting as though those are babies when there's they're not even embryos. It's like her staring at a plate of scrambled eggs on the plate and I, that you're eating, and she's like, "Those are my babies." Like they just they're not your babies yet. Like that's just not what it is.
0: No, and like, and and the gothic. I I, I called call it like a gothic tableau too, because I mean, it's like Dale, this this money genteel woman who's I really want her to be a housewife, by the way, who's sitting yeah. there in this in the shop with Tinsley wearing a fucking wedding dress and crying over the eggs. It was like just too much. There were too many levels of absurdity in that scene, and then and then Dale breaks down in tears too. Basically, they're yeah, that both, was
1: shocking. I thought they're Dale was wailing more than that. I thought Dale was way more refined than that. Dale, and I'm surprised. That she's not and also tinsley
0: who i'm just not gonna buy
1: anything i'm just gonna like look at them and like you know because i'm like yeah, i just want to see okay and the guy's like fine with that he's like he will, like when, even though nobody would ever be okay with that that there were no tv cameras there um she picked the worst wedding dresses to cry in as well she just like picked out some of the worst dresses i, I I'm these eyes have ever seen <laughs> these
0: these eyes yeah these eyes also did not like what they saw. I didn't like the dresses she picked. But Tinsley has the weirdest style. I've said it a million times. She really, truly looks like my mom in 1988 (laughs) going to work as a secretary. She wears those huge floppy bows. She wears like the secretary skirts with the little Peter Pan collars. I mean, she, I don't know what era she is going for, but it's not, it doesn't work for me. I mean, I think she's, I think she's trying to hang on to something or make something happen that's not going to happen. It's like fetch, you know. It's just not going to happen, Tinsley. And so, also, what? How did you find this? Like the irony of her saying to her mom, "Mom, I don't want you to pressure my boyfriend into marriage. You can't be. T- You're going to scare him off." And it's like, bitch. Then you go to a wedding dress shop and you try on dresses without his knowledge and with yeah, no ring like- in sight. And then and then stare at your eggs and cry. It's like, oh yeah, your mom's really going to scare him off, not your crazy psycho. Ex. Yeah,
1: yeah. And she's like, we're not going to tell him, okay, mom. <laughs>
0: Like, like, <laughs> the cameras yes. are, are like panning in she's got I mean she might as well have her social security number yeah like we're not gonna tell him
1: that was so bad I think he's gonna run for the hills I mean I I he looked pretty terrified when he even visited her and she was like oh like wh- back in the beginning of the season when she when he surprised her and they were in the car calling Dale and she was like look
0: mommy no and
1: like he looked like he was not like ready to stay with her even though I know I think they're still together but that's a shock to me
0: yeah I know it kind of is a shock I mean he seems like a just a regular old Chicago guy but who knows maybe he finds that exciting maybe he likes her doing the coupon cabin commercials because we sure as hell know there's about four on every single time housewives is on out
1: so awkward i've never seen And oddly enough tinsley the best actor in that commercial because you have carol who's like wow i mean I, it's coupon cabin and, and dorinda is like just using her catchphrases. she's like club
0: <laughs> i know and like we're gonna th- we're, we really think carol has ever used a coupon in her whole damn life or even knows what that is it's like please no mm-mm. so we have to end on talking about this con body thing and specifically Carol, because Carol throws a lot of shade at Luann during this. And she is saying the whole season, how mean Bethany is and how she, you know, just doesn't understand all these jabs that Bethany. And I'm like, okay, Luann is literally still in rehab at this point. And she wasn't able to attend Bobby Zaren's funeral. And Carol cannot stop talking about, you know, how funny it is that Luann got arrested while they're doing the con body workout. What did you? Was that funny? Was that like on par with Bethany's jabs? So s- Carol should shut the fuck up about talking about Bethany Snark, or was it mean spirited because she hates Louieanne?
1: I might be comparing them to Bethany's jobs because so at least Bethany's funny. Carol's yeah, right. not funny. Carol's <laughs> not funny. Like Lex. Like, so, like I see the promo next week. Where Carol goes like. Well, her dress was really criminal. Like, her dress was ugly. And I was like, you're not funny. I was like, that's not... Like, I, I would love... To, I would be more than welcome to hear some funny jabs. Uh, Bethany's jab about when they were like, is she dark? And Bethany was like, she was during Halloween. It was really... Good. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, that that's was right. funny. Carol, who is just not funny. Like, and Carol's so... so like, she's just such a try hard now. Like, Carol tries so hard to be like the cool chick. And I used to like Carol, but like, she's just trying way too hard. And, and like I said before, Carol, please write something. I cannot, I, I, I refuse to listen to Carol be like, I can't meet my deadline. Like, I'm not, I know. I'm not going to meet my deadline because guess what? I'm bad with deadlines. Shut up.
0: I know. I, I think I mentioned this to you before, but I get so irate as I'm writing like a 3,000 word recap right. about Carol. <laughs> who can't meet a deadline writing like 200 words for some internet article. I'm like, Carol, shut the fuck up. You can write, you know, write. Like I'm not on the level of Carol as a writer, but a writers can write. They use sit down. You open your laptop, you open a word document and you write. And she is just so bitching about that. And I think that's why she's really taking offense to a lot of what Bethany's saying. I mean, Bethany has gone below the belt with some things, and I don't approve of her behavior on the whole. But Carol, I think, is very upset that Bethany is truly doing humanitarian work, because Carol likes to be known for that. Right. And she's also truly upset because Bethany has made some remarks about, like, Carol doesn't have a job. I mean, like, she doesn't really work. She doesn't need to. She's old money like Tinsley. And I think that's why they've connected. Right. Bethany is a different breed, for good or for bad, and she's pointing out those differences. Again, not in a great way. Bethany's doing it not in a good way, but I think that's really getting under Carol's skin.
1: I mean, was it harsh that Bethany said, you know, she doesn't have a career? Yes, but was she wrong? No, Carol doesn't have a career anymore, and that's okay. I mean, I don't really, I get that she worked for ABC News. That's that's fantastic, but you know, that was over 20 years ago. Carol doesn't have a career anymore, and I kind of thought that Carol would just be kind of uh open about that like carol doesn't have a job carol openly talks about you can't say you have a career and then talk about how you don't meet deadlines It's just not how it works like no it's not and i and i'm not going to sit here and say that carol has a career now when she does it and there's nothing wrong with not having a career anymore nothing wrong with that but don't get mad at bethany because she's being honest
0: yeah exactly i think we need a vicky gunvalson crossover episode where she comes in and says carol i work, work. i work i work go to work what do you do what do you do all day what do you do whose who's money is this whose money how did you buy that Yeah, That would be perfect because Carol's slow talking kind of stoner facade matched with Vicky's manic psycho, you know, like rapid fire questions. That would be a thing of beauty. Don't you think it would be great if we would do like a Housewives survivor or amazing race and and cross team pairs or cross team tribes from all the different franchises?
1: I've always wanted that because I would love to see Vicky say, I've always wanted a survivor because we can get everyone to call each other out. I think Vicky calling out, Carol by saying go to work go to work. I, I work you don't have a job yeah and then she would say and Vicky does that thing with she so she goes
0: you don't work you don't work you don't have a job <laughs> she could be amazing also Housewives of the past like we could bring back like the Alexis Bellinos you uh, know who Alexa. who yeah the uh who is it Lydia Linda or who is the one who was making the freaking cuffs Lynn. Lynn. Lynn, Lynn Curtin, Curtin. We could bring her. She'd be like super confused. She wouldn't even know where she was. I mean, I am here for all of that. That would be an amazing show. I'd watch every moment. How do you so, think a
1: Tamra-Bethany interaction would go? I just want to know. I'm like picturing a Tamra-Bethany mix and I'm picturing Tamra just like, that's my like, bet, Like, I know that Bethany is smarter than uh, Miss Tammy Judge, but I yes. think that Tamra would really <laughs> just lose it if Bethany tried to fuck with her. I, I said this to you before. I, Tamara's one of the few housewives I'm actually genuinely afraid of. Because Tamara is someone who is unhinged, but also not very intelligent, but also oddly very funny. is um, someone I'm just, like, scared of. She's a scary girl. Like, if she yelled at me, I'd be genuinely uh, afraid of my life.
0: Right. So, here, yeah, the difference between Tamara and Bethany are so, like, I go back to high school. And I was in kind of a, you know, a small central Pennsylvania high school with some scary-ass girls like Tamara. Not like Bethany. You know, and so I, they are the scarier breed because they will hit you. They will physically hit you. You know, if you take their man or if you perceive like to be liked by the boy they like, they'll, they'll put your hand, their hands on you. Now, Tamara's version of that is throwing wine in someone's face. I could, see her, I could see her totally throwing wine in Bethany's face and Bethany being shocked uh-huh. horrified. Like that would absolutely happen. Like Bethany will try to cut you with her words because she's very smart and she can do that. But Tamara sometimes can't use her words. Like, she can't use... She's she's more like a Ramona in that way. Ramona don't, won't fight you, though. But no, Tamara will. Tamra will tear your weave out.
1: If Tam if Tamra and Ramona got into a fight, Ramona would be doing what she did to Kristen Tegma, where she goes, why you get my hair wet? You got my hair wet. Did I ask you to get my hair wet? No. And she's, like, in the middle of a fight. Like, that's, like... Tamara would be, like, flinging and throwing wine. But Ramona would never be, like... She wouldn't be scared. She would just be so concerned about her hair. She'd be like, I got my hair done. This is yeah. Look at my hair done, and this is supple skin. I just go <laughs> whining it, and then her insult to to Tamara would be like, "Well, you could use some of my skincare because I'm aging like Benjamin Button," as she <laughs> yes. says. Right.
0: Benjamin Button, and she would be right in Tamara's face like, "Who are you to get me wet? Who are you to get Boy, to me get me
1: wet? Wet? Did I ask you to get me wet? No." <laughs>
0: and Tamara would be like, "I'm Tamara fucking Judge, bitch." Yes. Yeah. Okay, we. You know what? We got to get an illustrator and just come up with a Housewives cartoon where we can just have these crossovers. Because, you know, we're never going to get these ladies in the same room. The Bravo's never really going to do one of these mashups. no. But someone could come out with an amazing cartoon series for like Nickelodeon or, you know, not Nickelodeon, one of the adult networks. I don't know. I have a kid, so I don't know what an adult cartoon network is, but that would be oh. amazing.
1: I just want to know what your thoughts are about Bethany. if Bethany ever heard of Karen's charity event from Potomac? if <coughs> she heard of, oh, Karen. And she goes, <laughs> oh, hello, Bethany. But first of all, she would, she would probably say to Bethany, like she did to Kendall, the Giselle's ex's ex-wife on Potomac, she'd be like, oh, I'd love for you to come to my charity event, Bethany, and I will pay for your ticket. It's free.
0: Yeah, and she would probably be like, you know, Bethany and I are both entrepreneurs and bethany (laughs) would have a lot to say about that
1: the huger the huger frankel legacy goes way back
0: (laughs) (laughs) totally totally okay so tell everyone where they can find you on social media and then tell us again about your podcast before you go because i want everyone to hear it as many times as possible it's going to be amazing
1: (laughs) well uh you can follow me on twitter at db alvarado and follow my instagram at the brandon alvarado and then my podcast domestic partners is now you can subscribe to it now on itunes as i said before itunes stitcher google play wherever you listen to podcasts because the preview episode is up now but the first episode will be out this friday um you can follow our social media uh instagram at domestic partners uh and twitter at the domestic pod and like us on facebook
0: I will link all of that up in the show notes so everyone <laughs> you don't you. have to you don't have to memorize that. You can just head down to the show notes where you're listening right now and you can click on everything and go subscribe. It's going to be amazing. And I can't wait to come on your show one day. Thank you. I'm excited yes. to have you on so
1: we can talk about housewives, reality stuff, even cults. Can we talk about cults as well, actually, on my podcast? Uh,
0: you know, my answer is yes. Yes, we can talk about cults. And it's actually less scary to talk about cults than sometimes reality TV. So no fear, no fear. Oh, good. Well, maybe yeah.
1: we'll discuss the new Elizabeth Vargas show on A&E, cults and other extreme whatever-whatevers. And extreme we'll talk about
0: beliefs. I'm going to be talking about that on my podcast. I will come on yours to talk about it. I'm all about that. I'm getting them all down right now. And it is blowing my mind. Amazing. Blowing my mind. Okay. All right, Brandon, thank you so much. I'll thank talk to you, you. soon. Love yeah. you. Thank you. you. Love you. Thanks again to Brandon for coming on the podcast today. Make sure and go subscribe to his new podcast dropping this Friday. It's domestic partners. It's going to be fabulous and funny, just like him. I want you to follow me at Aaron Leah Martin on Twitter and Instagram. Stay in touch. Join the Facebook group, Pink Shade with Aaron Martin. You send me a request. I'll let you write in unless you look like some kind of crazy robot, which, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you aren't. And I also want to remind you once again that I have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash pinkshade. Go over there for more bonus content. You can watch the video of this podcast in a video cast over on YouTube. Just look for the Pink Shade with Erin Martin YouTube page. It'll be linked up in the show notes below. You can click on it right there and you can actually see Brandon and I talking and gabbing and trying to make our Vicki Gunvalson Housewives faces at each other. The YouTube channel will be growing. I will be putting more content on there. But for now, we're just going to be doing dual platforms and giving you audio and video at the same time so you can listen or watch however you like to receive your entertainment. It's all going to be there. I want to thank you for listening today. And I want to thank you for sharing this podcast with anyone else out there who you think might be interested In all of the things we're obsessed with, reality TV, cults, true crime, it's all here, baby. Until next time, I will see you in reality. One in two women wear the wrong foundation. Which one are you? Get on the better-looking side of those odds with Il Maquillage. Using AI, Il Maquillage virtually shade matches you to the perfect foundation. Their foundation has over 50,000 five-star reviews thanks to its luxe lightweight formula. And with 50 shades, there's a flawless finish for everyone. Take the Power Match quiz to find yours at ilmakiage.com slash quiz. That's ilmakiag dot slash quiz.